Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I'm your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. <laughs> this is episode 73. What will be, will be. So listen to episode 73. Uh, I don't know. I, I was reaching. I know, I know, I'm reaching. But hey, I had to find something. All right, in this episode, we've got a lot of big revelations that have just happened recently, and I intend to cover all the ones I can remember. How's that? I'm going to cover The Judgment by Judge Ergoron. I don't even know how to pronounce that dude's last name. But the $354 million fine he imposed on Donald Trump and prevented him from doing business in New York for the next three years, and his sons were fined like $4 million each, and can't do business in New York for the next two years? That's just insane. What happened in this case proves that there is a dual system of justice and that the left is scared to death of Donald Trump. We're also going to discuss the sudden death of Alexei Navalny, which is bizarre. And Nika, whatever her name is on Morning Joe, now married to Morning Joe, she said the most insane thing about the death of Alexei Navalny. We're going to discuss the Fonnie Willis trial in Georgia. And yes, I did say that exactly right. Fonnie Willis is on trial, despite what she thinks is happening. That she, I'm not on trial here. Her behavior was insane. And that's kind of the reason why she didn't show up the second day. I think they decided, no, we don't need you to actually testify to tomorrow. Okay. All right. And then one of the biggest revelations this year, I think, honestly, is that uh, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger have come up with a stunning new bit of information. The CIA holds a 50-page document that proves something that will blow your mind. But honestly, if you were really paying attention and thinking with a rational mind, it's not going to surprise you that much. And then Joe Biden joins TikTok. Think about that. TikTok is banned from all government devices. But Joe Biden starts up a new account on TikTok. Really? That basically tells me Democrats are desperate and they don't think the rules apply to them. So I'm going to get to all of that. But first, I want to talk about the Super Bowl and the fact that we had to have a black national anthem sung before our country's national anthem. Why do we need black national anthem? What purpose does that serve? Our national anthem is our nation's anthem. Everyone that lives within the nation, that should be your anthem. Have you've heard the expression, divided we will fall? Every time the people of color or Hispanic people or other, the indigenous people, however, they decide they get special privileges. That is dividing our country. That is not making up for past mistakes. That is dividing our country. By, have, by having to have two national anthems, we're going back to being segregated again. I mean, we have 
high schools and colleges having separate graduation ceremonies for people of color or minority people. We have the mayor of Boston had a separate Christmas party for people of color and minorities, and whites were not allowed. We have the Black Entertainment Television, BET. We have the Essence Awards, Black Only Awards. What is going on? We have affirmative action, which I believe from the very beginning was basically saying something so racist, but people aren't picking it up. With affirmative action, basically we are telling the people of color, we don't think you're smart enough or talented enough or skilled enough to compete at the same level as everyone else. So we're going to lower our hiring standards, so we have to hire more people with a different skin color, regardless of whether or not their skills are as good as other applicants. When schools around the country are lowering their standards for graduation, for reading requirements and math requirements, they are lowering Those standards, they are telling people of color and minority people, we don't think you are good enough. We only have pity for you. So we're going to lower everyone's standards so you will feel more comfortable, more accepted. If you look at this, it truly is racism because I know many Minorities don't think racism applies to them. People of color do not think, or some people, I will never say a definitive, uh, some people of color actually believe that they cannot be racist because racism only applies to the majority race. They're the only ones that can be racist and discriminatory towards other races. But that's not what racism is. Racism is if you believe you, your race, is above any other race, that's racist. If you believe your race deserves special privileges over all other races, that is racist. If you believe people of another skin color or nationality or difference owes you something because of the past sins of their ancestors that's racist. And to circle back, if you believe that people with your skin color deserve their own individual national anthem to set you apart from the rest of the country, that's racist. Racism is discrimination one race against another or one race against all others. It doesn't matter if that race is majority or minority. It is still racist. And the most obvious, and I think ridiculous, is when people claim one race has privilege just because of the color of their skin. That's racist. You see, most of the time, people are referring to white privilege. They're really referring to wealth privilege. There is such a thing as wealth privilege. If you are raised in a home, a wealthy home, where your mom and dad give you a, well, let's go back to that. 
when you have a mom and a dad. When you're raised in a nuclear family, that's privilege. You're getting better treatment than those who are raised in single-family homes. That's just a fact. That's a scientific fact. All right, but wealth privilege, if you're raised by wealthy parents and they give you cars when you turn 16 and they give you bank accounts and trust funds, that's wealth privilege. There is no such thing as white privilege because the people that are raised poorly or from poor beginnings, whether they're white, brown, black, whatever uh, their background is, they have all the same opportunities. Now, many will face different obstacles, for sure, but that's not privilege, okay? When you are privileged, you are given things that other people are not given. And as a matter of fact, if you think about affirmative action, that is people of color privilege. They're giving them privileges. They're not giving any other race just because of their skin color. That's privilege. So, to get back to the original point, we do not need a black national anthem. Our country's national anthem is the Star Spangled Banner. Why is that anthem not good enough for people of color? Why do they have to have their own national anthem? Do you think indigenous peoples should have their own national anthem? Do you think people in the LGBTQIA plus community deserve their own national anthem? Do you believe women deserve their own national anthem and men their own national anthem? Do you think Hispanic people that have come here from, from South America, do you believe that we should honor them and play their national anthem before the Super Bowl? What about the people that immigrate from all over the country? There's 150 different countries represented in this country. Should we play national anthems to represent all 150 different countries that have immigrated here? Think about the absurdity of this and how if we allow this to continue, it is only going to further divide us. And that, my friends, is the point. It's not to provide reparations or, or apologies for past behaviors. It is to divide us. Those that want control and power, those, the globalists that want this world governance, need us to fight each other. And mostly they need us to fight over social issues. Because if we're all aware of what they're doing, like with central bank digital currencies, with the smart cities, with all of the different things they're trying to do for control, taking over farms, burning down food processing plants, all of that they don't want us to pay attention to. So they get us to fight over social issues. That's what they want. They don't want us to understand that there's a surveillance program and our banks are even participating in this surveillance and monitoring what you're buying and reporting it to the government. They don't want you to know all that. No, they want you to fight over abortion. They don't want you to pay attention to the millions and millions of people coming over our southern border from 150 different countries, mostly single military fighting aged men 
No, they want you to argue over whether or not women could go into men's bathrooms. And they want to have you fight against women competing in men's sports or men competing in women's sports. They don't want to see they want they don't want you to see the fact that by 2026 they're going to have facial recognition software in every single airport. They're going to tell you it's for your convenience so it won't be so time consuming going through security. You'll just have to they'll recognize your face, they'll compare your face to your uh, your ID and you're passed right through. They they'll even get to the point where you say you won't even have to take a, take your bag and put it up on this belt. We'll just have you walk through this little hallway thing where we can scan everything about you. They don't want you to understand that in the future they want everyone to be chipped. So everyone's entire life is in that computer chip implanted in babies. They don't want you to know all of this stuff. They want you to fight over stupid social issues. And I know some people say they're not stupid. Well, compared to the grand scheme of things, they are. All right, let's move on, shall we? Hey, first of all, by the way, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Use Podbean. They are an amazing website and app for your phone that can help you not only train you to be a great podcaster with great blogs and videos, training videos, but also help you monetize it and turn it into something that you can do on your spare time or on a regular basis. It's up to you. And they even have apps where you don't even have to have all the fancy equipment I have. You can do all the recordings on your phone. If you want to find out more, go to www.podbean.com. And here's the fun thing. If you type in my code, you'll get your first month for free. So go to www.podbean.com bark www.podbean.com slash bark and get your first month free. All right. Now we know recently Alexei Navalny died in prison at the age of 47. And uh, this was confirmed by his allies recently. Um, Officials (laughs) say that Navalny fell ill while on a walk and Offered no more details than that. He fell ill while on a walk and fell over dead. You remember, Navalny was poisoned a few years back and barely survived that. And then, I believe foolishly, but courageously, returned to Russia because that was his home. He should have have sought exile somewhere else, in my opinion. But he bravely went back into Russia, was promptly arrested and sentenced to 19 years on charges of extremism. Apparently in Russia, it's criminal to be extremist. Weird, huh? But who gets to determine what extremism is? That, that's, that's the real catch right there. 19 years in prison for extremism. And he was sentenced to a prison near the Arctic Circle with extremely harsh conditions. And he was subject to harsh punishment all that time. But yeah, he just went on a walk and felt ill and fell over dead. If you believe that, then I've got some swampland in Florida I could sell you. So this is horrible because 
he has been an outspoken a critic of the Kremlin and of Vladimir Putin. And he has gained a lot of notoriety for trying to expose the corruption. And he actually started as an anti-corruption blogger and then rose to prominence uh, with all of the different speeches he's made and efforts he's made to expose the corruption in the Kremlin. So just more proof that Vladimir Putin, if you are considered a threat to him and his ever-increasing power and exposing the fact that uh, Vladimir Putin was bribed with a billion-dollar residence on the Black Sea and other things like that, well, you're going to be put on Vladimir Putin's blacklist, and he's going to do everything he can to make you go away. Kind of. What, like, what they're trying to do to Donald Trump in this country. They're trying to make him go away. And believe me, I would not be surprised in his matter. I've actually heard of one. There has been an assassination attempt uh, on Trump's life. That was a couple years ago, and no one ever talked about it. But I can pretty much guarantee you someone is trying to take him out in kind of the same way as Navalny, because Trump is considered a threat to the people in this government that want to have the power to control everything you do. What is happening in our country only really happens usually in third world banana republics, where one party takes out the leader of the opposition party so that they won't be able to run against them in the election. And that is what's happening in our country. There might be a reason why you can't see this happening in our country if you watch certain news channels. Because, as I said before, if you watch MSNBC, I fully understand why you hate Donald Trump with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. Just recently, Mika Brzezinski on Morning Joe, you know, Joe's wife now, actually said that the death of Navalny can be traced back to Donald Trump. Since Donald Trump, she says, is working directly with Vladimir Putin. And she hopes this is a wake-up call for anyone that dares to vote for Donald Trump. If you dare vote for Donald Trump, then you're the same as someone who's voting for Vladimir Putin. Because Donald Trump works directly with Vladimir Putin or something to that effect. It, it's insane. Mika Brzezinski has proven over and over and over how deeply she hates Donald Trump. She thinks he's a vile, disgusting human being that should not have any rights in this country, according to her. But she's A-OK with Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden, who will they have the secret code word, Cobra, Cobra, Cobra? When Joe is walking around naked to prevent female Secret Service agents from running into him. Yeah, and the Joe Biden who sniffs children's hair and, and who's, you know, showers with his young daughter. And, you know, he's, he's fine. He's not vile. No, he's not disgusting at all. That's a kindly, old, decent gentleman in her book. She is so fake and so biased in her reporting, it's insane. Sometimes I actually watch The Morning Joe when I'm doing that um, news mix thing, and I'll 
go around to see who's reporting on what and just laugh at the insanity of Joe and Mika just bashing Trump and just congratulating each other over how bad Trump is and how how much they hate him and how right they are to expose how evil he is to everyone in America. It's comical in many aspects. So Mika Brzezinski actually thinks Donald Trump works directly with Putin, which that has been dispelled so many times it's ridiculous. Donald Trump will probably treat you the same as Vladimir Putin treated Alexei Navalny and will kill you if you don't vote for him. This is how insane the left is in their extremes. Mika Brzezinski, you've lost your mind. You're mentally ill. To think this, this is insane. But this is what they want you to think. They want you to be so scared to vote your personal opinion, to vote for Donald Trump, to vote for the fact that you think a businessman should run this country. And that's the only reason why you're voting for Trump. That's one of the only reasons I did vote for him. Like I said, I voted for, um, what's his name, Ross Perot back in 1992, because even back then I thought, we need a businessman to run this country. We don't need another politician. And 76 million people agreed, or 74, I don't know how many, many, how many Trump got in 2020. They agreed with me. They want a businessman running this country, not another politician. And you remember the expression, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. We have so many examples of power corrupting, like Judge Ergeron in New York, which just found Trump guilty of fraud and fined him $354 million. $354 million for what? No bank brought these charges. No bank went to the court system and sued Trump for this money, saying that he defrauded them. Trump's companies have dealt with the biggest banks in the world for years. The president of Deutsche Bank testified under oath that Trump did nothing wrong, that he committed no fraud, that in the real estate business, this happens all the time. There is speculation one side or the other. And it is up to the bank to do their due diligence. So when Donald Trump comes to a bank and says this property is worth a billion dollars and he can only show 600,000 or six, you know, 60 million or something like that on the records, the bank's going to turn down that. But when the bank does their own due diligence and discovers, okay, yeah, we're, we're close to that. We'll give you that loan. That's up to the bank. Okay. This happens all the time. Real estate is speculative, just like oil is speculative. It is not, what do you call, a hard and fast number on everything. It's all speculation. And all of the loans that Donald Trump took out were paid back on the agreed terms with interest. Every bank made money. So here's my question. Where's that $354 million, now $450 million with all the interest and stuff, but where is that money going? Who gets that money? Is that money going to go to the banks that already made their money and moved on? They're going to get just an inflow of cash from the government saying, oh, hey, here, tr- tr- we, we believe Trump frauded you, so here's 
20 more million that he that he didn't get that you didn't get in that loan. No bank's going to turn that down. But there was no victim in this crime. There was no plaintiff. There was no bank or individual or anyone coming forward saying I was defrauded. This is all political. This is all trying to drain Trump's funds so he cannot run anymore. As a matter of fact, the New York Times said a New York judge found Donald Trump liable for fraud and ordered him to pay $355 million penalty with interest. The cost will be around $450 million penalty, wiping out his entire stockpile of cash. That is the real reason why all of these indictments are happening. As I've said many times before, Donald Trump is the biggest single threat to a world governance and those who want that power and control, so he must be taken out. That's their opinion. At all costs, they want to take him out. And believe me, if they can take him out literally, I believe they would. But they also know if they did that, there would be an insane civil war in this country because people would know it was on purpose. So since they can't do it that way, they're going to take him out another way. They're going to make it impossible for him to run. They're going to make sure he runs out of any kind of money to keep running himself uh, politically, but also destroying his family. The people that hate this family so much, and by the way, you've been taught to hate this much. This kind of hatred, this foaming at the mouth, screaming at the top of your lungs, not my president, not my president, that's not natural. That only happens when you've been brainwashed. That only happens when you've been told to hate to that extent. And I can prove that I'm right. Anyone that disagrees with me right now and listening to the sound of my voice in this podcast, tell me anyone else in the world you hate as much as Donald Trump. Think about that. I'll bet you can't name another single person on this planet that you hate as much as Donald Trump. Now, ask yourself why. I believe all of these charges will be overturned in appeals. But I also believe it's going to cost Donald Trump millions and millions and millions of dollars. It may come down to the point where he has no more money to fight. And that's basically what they want. They want to bankrupt him so he can no longer afford to fight them. And here's the point I need everyone to listen to very, very closely. If they can do this, if they can weaponize our judicial system against the former president of the United States, they can do it to you and they can do it to me. We don't have that money and power and influence. We are just a little flea that they would flick across the room because we don't have that kind of backing to fight them in courts. And many, many lawsuits are thrown out of court or settled out of court to prevent millions and millions of dollars in losses in legal fees. Another reason I can tell you that they are desperate is because Joe Biden has joined TikTok. 
Yes, believe it or not, I don't know what he's going to talk about. Maybe his favorite chocolate chip ice cream or um, I don't know, honestly, what he's going to talk about. But Joe Biden has officially joined TikTok, or I should say the Joe Biden campaign. And remember, it's about a year and a half ago, I think it was, this government decided to ban TikTok on all government devices because it posed a threat from a Chinese company that is spying on the U.S. and U.S. citizens through this app. And also the Temu or Temu app. I've seen all these things, especially during the Super Bowl. Shop like a billionaire. Shop like a billionaire. Timu, Timu. Timu is another Chinese company that uses your phone to spy on you. And I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Both TikTok and Timu have access to your camera and microphone while you're on that app. That's why Timu gives away so many items for dirt cheap. It keeps you on that app looking for other amazing deals of Chinese crap, of not good quality stuff. They make this stuff cheaply in China and they duplicate or make it look the same as many products that were developed here in the United States. But China is famous for stealing technology and stealing other countries' ideas. But while you're on Chinese apps, TikTok and Timu, they have access to your camera and phone. But the thing that separates these two apps, Timu is worse. While you're on the Timu app, China can access your bank account. So, like I said, Democrats are so desperate, they're breaking their own rule. Joe Biden is now on TikTok. And this also shows two things. Joe Biden is still completely out of touch, and it shows how desperate Democrats are and how they can see now they're going to lose this next election. And they did it to themselves. Just as all communist organizations and leaders and rulers and parties throughout history have done, they pushed too far. And America is now waking up and understanding Democrats don't care about people. They don't care about people of color. They don't care about minorities. They don't care about the infirm. They don't care about anyone. They only care about increasing or maintaining and increasing their power and control. That's all they care about. And my friends of color, go back. Tell me. Tell me any time Democrats have done something for your community that they promise to do during elections. They don't. They use you. Every four years, they make all these wonderful promises. And then when they're elected, they go back to doing what they wanted to do, which is take over more power and control. When Donald Trump ran, he told you, what do you have to lose? Voting for me. Democrats haven't done anything for you. What do you have to lose? Remember, during Trump's presidency, he got prison reform passed. He got opportunity zones. A lot of people invested hundreds of millions of dollars in inner cities and poor neighborhoods to try and help build them. But Democrats will convince you that Donald Trump is the racist. Donald Trump is the one that wants to destroy you. 
Donald Trump is the one that makes promises he never keeps. Think about this. But honestly, at this point, it looks like both sides are waking up to what's really happened. There was an uh, article in Axios. It was basically an exclusive, how Biden botched the border. And it goes into detail of how they purposefully reversed a lot of Trump's policies that were working. And it's the border is their fault. 100%. All right. Before I move on to the, what I think is probably the most revealing thing that is happening and the most um, shocking new news that came forward from Matt Taibbi and Mike Schellenberger, I want to just tell you, go buy AP24 toothpaste. It's fantastic. Your teeth will feel polished all day long. And it is an, an incredible product. You can go and access this product by going to twdbark.mynewskin.com. And new skin is N-U-S-K-I-N. There are many double-blind tests on, these, on this toothpaste. You can get it in fluoride or non-fluoridated. I brush with the non-fluoridated because I believe fluoride has uh, adverse effects that they're not telling the public about. So I think you ought to go give it a try. twdbark.mynewskin.com. All right. I think the most big, the, the biggest bombshell that was dropped this week was by Matt Taibbi and Mike Schellenberger. You remember they revealed the Twitter files on Twitter right after Elon Musk bought Twitter. He worked with them to reveal what was going on behind the scenes at Twitter and how there was a direct line from FBI to Twitter board, to working with Twitter, and that Twitter purposefully censored things that they disagreed with or things they were talked to or told to censor from the government, and that there were weekly censorship meetings with the White House specifically, and the White House suggesting, I put in air quotes, of some posts should be removed and some information should be flagged as misinformation and when the government suggests you do that it's not there's there's not any more free agency in that decision because when a government suggests that you censor certain information if you don't the government has a lot of power okay so matt taibbi and mike schellenberger have revealed that the CIA has a 50-page document, classified document, that proves... Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? You should sit down for this next part. All right? That this 50-page document proves that Vladimir Putin and Russia wanted Hillary Clinton to win in the 2016 election. They saw her as a more predictable and manageable person. They didn't want Trump because he was a wild card. There's also proof that Obama and the CIA targeted 26 individuals in the Trump organization to spy on during his campaign. So remember when Trump was saying that, that Obama spied on his campaign? Remember when he said that everybody thought he was crazy for that? We now have proof that 26 individuals in the Trump organization were spied on during his campaign. So Trump was right. There's also suspicion 
that Trump had copies of these CIA documents at Mar-a-Lago. And that is why the FBI raided his home. They wanted to make sure he didn't have, or if he did, they wanted to get it back so that Trump had no leverage or proof to go after the deep state with the CIA and FBI and prove their election interference in this country. Think about this, my friends. This proves our own government interfered in our elections in 2016 and in 2020. This is a huge bombshell. And I hope that uh, someone gets a FOIA, gets a Freedom of Information Act, and sues the CIA for access to this 50-page classified document. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping the pressure becomes so extreme that the CIA is forced to do it so that America can understand what really happened in 2016 and in 2020. All right, there's one other thing I want to talk about before I move on to my positive message is an article was written about some of the new information that has come forward about the Ashley Babbitt killing. And for those of you who don't know who she is, she was a five foot two uh, ex-military person. She had 14 years in the military and she was at the January 6th Capitol riot and she was the only person shot and killed that day. That many people blame the MAGA people and the protesters there saying they beat cops to death and that there were eight deaths um, associated with uh, January 6th. And none of that is true. The only thing that is true is Ashley Babbitt was killed by a Capitol Police officer with no provocation. So I'm basically just going to read to you this article I found in LifeSite uh, News. And they're basically giving detail by detail. I'm going to skip some of the F words. Uh, they have it, you know, blanked out too, but it's, it's uh, generally understood what was said. But basically on January 6, 2021, a five foot two Ashley found herself trapped by a crowd in a narrow corridor leading to the speaker's lobby of the U.S. Capitol. In that crowd was Zachary Allum a 30-year-old with a criminal past. He reached between the three Capitol Police officers guarding the doors to the lobby and began smashing the glass, shouting a very un-MAGA-like F the Blue. Appalled by Alam's behavior, Ashley's military police training kicked in. She said, call for effing help, she said at the feckless officers who just stood in place with their backs to the doors doing nothing. Frustrated by police's inaction, Ashley took matters into her own hand, literally. A southpaw, she yanked at Alum's backpack with her right hand and he spun around. She slugged him square in the face with, his fist, with her fist. Alum's glasses flew off on impact. Fleeing the madness, Ashley hopped into the window pane, now f fully free of glass. Only a person as small as, sh as she could have managed that feat. Well, Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd. The incident commander for the House on January 6th promptly shot her. The least justifiable police shooting ever caught on video. Now, Byrd had all the time he needed to assess the scene. 
He knew the doors were heavily barricaded and, on, and the other armed officers hovered nearby in the speaker's lobby. So according to Aaron Babbitt's suit, and that's Ashley Babbitt's husband, the bullet pierced Ashley in her left anterior shoulder, perforated her left brachial plexus, trachea, upper lobe of the right lung, and second anterior rib, and landed in her right anterior shoulder. When she was shot, she fell back she fell backward onto the marble floor. She was still alive after a fall in and in obvious agony. When California physician Austin Harris tried to treat Ashley, the police pulled him off. The FBI later arrested Harris on the same cocked-up charges they did most other processors. And after a half hour after the shooting, Ashley was pronounced dead at Washington Hospital Center. So as Ashley's laying there dying and a medical physician, Austin Harris, bends over or, or bends down to try and treat her, he is pulled off of her, not allowing him to treat her. Now, while Ashley lay dying, Officer Byrd wasted no time in trying to establish his alibi. Within a minute of the shooting, he called 504B. We got shots fired in the lobby. We got shots fired in the lobby of the house chamber. Shots are being fired at us. And we're uh, uh, prepared to fire back at them. We have guns drawn. Please don't leave that end. Don't leave that end. So Officer Bird lied and said that they are shooting at them and they are going to shoot back. No one in that crowd was armed, except for the Capitol Police officer. And Officer Byrd should be suspended and fired from his position because he made up a lie. He covered up the fact that he shot an innocent, unarmed woman who had just taken out a big threat. A guy who, was, who just broke all the windows going into the inner chamber of the house. And she jumped up into that frame to prevent others from going through it. And she was shot for doing that. And the, the media, social media, and the White House is twisting this all up to saying she was the one, she was the aggressor, she was posing a threat. She never posed a threat. Not once. She used her military training to disarm Another guy that was a threat, and when he got punched and knocked the glasses off of him, he ran like a coward. And when Ashley tried to maintain that situation and prevent anybody else from getting through that window, she was shot. Shame on you, Officer Bird. Shame on you for not only shooting an unarmed woman who was no threat to you but then making up a lie that you were under fire and were justified in your shooting back. That's just the lowest of the low in my book. When a cop gets that dirty and makes up lies to cover up their mistakes, they're the ones that should be punished. Now, on the radio, he, uh, he said less than a minute later, 504B, we got an injured person. I believe that person was shot. You believe that person was shot? You shot that person. But see, the funny thing is, Officer Bird didn't realize 
his actions were recorded. There are cameras all over the Capitol. And recently, we've had all of the footage released from the Capitol Hill um, security cameras. And now we know that most of what the left said about January 6th is complete hogwash. Or as President Biden would say, malarkey. This was all, I believe, a setup to try and hurt Donald Trump. And as I've said before, Nancy Pelosi had the opportunity to stop this. On January 2nd, and then again on January 4th, the Trump administration got credible evidence from the Pentagon that there was a possibility there would would be an uprising in the Capitol or around the Capitol. And he offered 10,000 National Guard troops. Nancy Pelosi turned them down because it wouldn't be good optics. And the mayor of D.C. turned them down twice on January 6th and January 4th. Turned them down. Why? It wasn't about optics. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats wanted this riot to happen. They wanted this riot because it then justified everything they had done over the last two years. The 500 plus riots that happened in cities all over our country after the George Floyd death and all of the riots they've done were all now justified. Now, Democrats had the ability to say, oh, well, yeah, well, at least we didn't try to overturn the government. Well, at least we didn't, we didn't have an insurrection. Well, you know, de- yes, oh, yes, de- yeah, Democrats did riot and loot and steal and cheat and all, you know, but, 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 but we didn't try to overturn the government. Nope, nope, our riots, no, our riots were no threat to our democracy. Our riots were justified. That's why all of this happened. My condolences to the Babbitt family, to her husband, to her friends, and I still believe Lieutenant Byrd should be fired and never be allowed to carry a badge or a gun again. All right, and real quickly before I go to my positive message, I want you to listen to a quick video of Representative Beth Van Doon, Um, and she is talking about why... Democrats are doing this and bringing in so many illegal immigrants and why they're not concerned at all about the hundreds of thousands of people leaving California and New York. This really made me think. Listen to this. People keep asking, why are they doing this? Yeah. One, I think Democrats want to reimagine America. Long term, they're looking at the 10 million people who've already kind of entered our country illegally over the last three years as potential voters. But short term, you know, just go as far as as California. Yvette Clark, a Democrat congresswoman, was talking about how many people are exiting their state. They're going to places like Texas. They're going to places like Florida. Do the math. They need more people in their district to be able to keep their seats. 
So the 10 million people that have come over already represent 14 new congressional districts. 14? 14. It's about 700,000 people that we each represent. So when you do the math on the 10 million, it's about 14 new seats. Where are they going to go? California. They're going to go to New York. They're going to go to Illinois to make up the difference of the people who are leaving. This is all about Democrats maintaining those congressional seats and maintaining control. And they don't care the fact that we've had 100,000 people who have been killed by fentanyl. They don't care about the moms and the families that are being killed by DUI drivers who should never be in this country. The murders, the rapes, the, the child trafficking, the sex trafficking. They don't care about that. It is all about control. She is right on the money. And the one thing that really stuck out to me is it makes perfect sense. you got hundreds of thousands of people leaving California, New York, these blue states, and moving to red states. Well, those vacancies are being filled by illegal immigrants moving in who will allow the Democrats to maintain those seats in Congress. I'm telling you right now, Democrats have been playing the long game, and Republicans have not been able to see it until very recently. Now they see what's going on, but they're not moving fast enough to stop it. I, I just don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I'm sure the Democrats are going to try and cheat and steal another election. And yes, I do believe they stole 2020. And they changed the laws so dramatically that it was basically impossible for Republicans to win 2020. But Now I see it even deeper that they are purposefully trying to force conservatives out of the blue states so they can maintain control of those states. And they're not worried about the hundreds of thousands leaving, thinking they're going to lose those seats. Those hundreds of thousands will be replaced. You ever heard of the great replacement theory? It's starting to sound more and more real. All right, for my motivational ending to this podcast, we turn to Matthew McConaughey. And the the video, you can find it as five minutes for the next 50 years of your life. And a lot of these things he's talking about are very true and very powerful. Listen to this. I'm going to talk to you about some things I've learned in my journey. Most from experience, some of them I heard in passing. Many of them I'm still practicing, but all of them I do believe are true. Life is not easy. It is not. Don't try to make it that way. Life's not fair. It never was. It isn't now, and it won't ever be. Do not fall into the trap, the entitlement trap, of feeling like you're a victim. You are not. Get over it and get on with it. So the question that we've got to ask ourselves is what success is to us, what success is to you. Is it more money? That's fine. i got nothing against money. Maybe it's a healthy family. Maybe it's a happy marriage. Maybe it's to help others, to be famous, to be spiritually sound, to leave the world a little bit better place than you found it. Continue to ask yourself that question. Now, your answer may change over time, and that's fine. But do yourself this favor. Whatever your answer is, don't choose anything that will jeopardize your soul. Prioritize who you are, who you want to be, and don't spend time with anything that antagonizes your character. 
grave, take the hill, but first answer that question, what's my hill? So first, we have to define success for ourselves. And then, we have to put in the work to maintain it. Make that daily tally. Tend our garden. Keep the things that are important to us in good shape. Where you are not is as important as where you are. It is just as important where we are not as it is where we are. Look, the first step that leads to our identity in life is usually not, I know who I am, I know who I am. That's not the first step. The first step is usually, I know who I am not. Process of elimination. Defining ourselves by what we are not is the first step that leads us to really knowing who we are. You know that group of friends that you hang out with that, that, that it really might not bring out the best in you? You know, they, they gossip too much or they're kind of shady. They really aren't going to be there for you in a pinch. Or how about that bar that we keep going to that we always seem to have the worst hangover from? Or that computer screen, right? The computer screen that keeps giving us an excuse not to get out of the house and engage with the world and get some real human interaction. Or how about that food that we keep eating? Stuff that tastes so good going down, makes us feel like crap the next week. We feel lethargic and we keep putting on weight. Well, those people, those places, those things, stop giving them your time and energy. Just don't go there. I mean, put them down. And when you do this, when you do put them down, when you quit going there, when you quit giving them your time, you inadvertently find yourself spending more time and in more places that are healthy for you, that bring you more joy. Why? Because you just eliminated the who's, the where's, the what's, and the when's that were keeping you from your identity. But trust me, too many options, <laughs> I promise you, too many options will make a tyrant of us all. All right, so get rid of the excess, the wasted time. Decrease your options. If you do this, you will have accidentally, almost innocently, put in front of you what is important by process of elimination. He touched on some really interesting points in that video. And I think there's even more, but uh, I just wanted to stop it there because I want to echo what Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey said. We are going to first figure out what we are not. Then we'll figure out what we are and what we want. And do not compare yourself to anybody else. There is no advantage. There is no good that comes from when you compare yourself to others and their success. Your idea of success may be something completely different that other people would think is absurd, but don't let them think that or don't even care what they think. And then one of the most important things he said is do not choose a path that will compromise your character or that will compromise your morals or standards. I hear, I hear so many people say, I will do anything for a million dollars. Be careful when you say that out loud because the universe will say, oh, really? Well, how about this? I'll give you a million dollars if you'll do this. And there are a lot of people that will take advantage of you when you don't have a strong sense of direction 
and standards in your goals in life. So be specific, but do not compare yourself to others and do not ever do things that will compromise your integrity or your character. All right. Now, this brings us to the end of this podcast, but I want to let you know I'm not going to be able to do a podcast next week, or I think I might, but it might be a little 15, 20 minute or uh, next weekend, I'm going to be out of town and uh, traveling, bringing my mother back here to Utah from another state. I'm going to go pick up her stuff and drive it in a U-Haul van across the states and, and uh, bring her here. So I'm really excited about to have her here and uh, looking forward to that. But I don't know how much time I'm going to have next weekend. I might be able to do something on Monday. We'll see. But like I said, I just wanted to give you that possible that I may not be putting out a podcast next weekend. Also, there's one other really quick thing that I, you know, I'm getting ready to move, move my mother here, and then I'm getting ready to move in a couple months. Look at your life as if you have that opportunity to move every year, two years, three years. Look at your life that way. Even if you're not going to move, you know how we all look forward to throwing away a lot of the stuff that we've had for months and years we haven't even thought of, you can do that anytime. And our goals will always be adjusting. And that is okay. But stay strong in your convictions and do not sacrifice your integrity or your character for any goal you want to achieve. All right. And with that, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you again for listening. If you agree or disagree with anything I said, don't hesitate to write me, Drew, at thewatchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day and help me relay the bark.